everyone, and welcome to the Charge Podcast. As you probably realize by now, this is not Elizabeth. This is Sarah. I am the Director of Operations for Charge. And while I'm not the typical host of the Charge Podcast, I do have a special guest with us today in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. I would love to start off by having you share a little bit about your background with everyone your journey as a college athlete to a licensed counselor to college coach and now to your organization beyond sport coaching. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back in Chicago and on your your podcast here and able to kind of speak to things going on right now and how that impacts those who follow you guys and, and really all of us. So I started off just kind of getting into athletics as a young person. And I didn't necessarily have the end goal of competing at the college level. That kind of just blossomed from just loving being out there, loving competing, loving growth, which is kind of a theme I'll touch on here, which has brought me to, you know, the counseling field where I worked with college and high school age young people, you know, with mental health issues and serving them and have then transitioned into college coaching, did that for a number of years. And I just recently kind of left that in order to start this business beyond sport coaching, which I kind of get to meld a little bit of everything, which is just a really cool point of life, focusing on that growth, that like unlocking abundance in people's lives and kind of helping them from a mental health and a growth standpoint for those in and around sports. So really cool culmination for me. I love it. And I was connected with you on Instagram Mm -hmm. after posting, and I was looking for someone to really discuss how current events are affecting our mental health. And I know this is a very broad topic and something that we've all been watching over the past couple of years, especially within the pandemic. I know that over the past two years, I personally have seen a decline in college students' mental health Mm -hmm. and energy. And this is someone who's, you know, I've worked closely with college students for almost 10 years now through CHARGE. And I know that you have also been working closely with college students. Yes. And seen different changes in, you know, student athletes and how their mindset has changed over the past few years. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear what are the three big things that you've noticed with college student mental health and how it's being affected by current events of the world that I feel like, you know, growing up, we didn't always have this inundated of so much information. Yes. Yes. It's a huge, huge challenge. I think, you know, we're all feeling it, but I think those of us that are a little bit older have the perspective of seeing a shift which when you're in the midst of anything, you don't necessarily see or feel that. It's just what you're living. So it's been really interesting in college athletics and around the college space to see that. I think one of the things I really love to start off with about this generation that I've worked really closely with, with high school and college, is there's such a, I think, a great heart to be involved, to serve, and to impact, and to have... uh, view of the greater good and and how to really step into that on an individual level. And so with that, I think there's been, you know, this feeling of great responsibility. And obviously some of our main 
ways of staying informed, our social media, you know, the 24-hour news cycle. And there's a huge challenge there because it, it can sometimes feel like, I think, you know, in conversing with young people, like the need is never ending. And there is some truth to that. There is truth to that. But our role in it, we just have to have an awareness of kind of what we're being called to in larger spaces and larger needs and where society is, you know, lacking and an awareness of, you know, what is beyond our responsibility at points and being honest about that and some of the different ways we can impact. So I think that desire to be informed is is great. I think there's some, you know, things to put in place around that. I think the final piece that I've seen that can come with all of that inundation of information, news, and just stuff coming at us all day long via ads and, you know, all the stuff that comes with social media and the spaces that we're in, the streaming, all of that is just a constant feeling of comparison and the ability, if we're not careful, to move into judgment sometimes rather than potentially a productive response. And that is certainly a challenge for any of us. That's not a generational thing. That's just a product of, you know, having all of that coming at us and feeling, you know, are we making a difference? Are we not? Are other people doing that? Are they not? And that, you know, requires us to have a little bit of ability to enter into some gray rather than black and white thinking sometimes. I totally noticed this black and white thinking, especially within social media. I think when you boil things down to a post Mm -hmm. or a story or, you know, some sort of video content, it can be really easy to just black and white categorize and think without really practicing the gray nuances. Absolutely. And I think too, like being inundated by social media all of the time, you start to get programmed of like, oh, well, this is how everyone should think this way. So I am curious, is that part of why and how current events are affecting our mental health differently than maybe they did before social media is obviously everywhere, but even before the COVID-19 pandemic, because we're all like way more tapped in virtually than I think we ever were before. Right. I think the big thing that I've sort of seen as a vulnerability post-COVID-19, and it's really been interesting in the college athletics space, we were so disconnected for so long relationally. And I've shared this with people and it can sometimes be annoying to hear because it's, you know, it's the truth, but it's also what like, you know, school age kids and and young people have experienced, it's just normal for them that they've been behind screens. We've all been behind screens. I can think of coworkers I've worked with where you lose that human factor because you've been, you've had none of that informal, you know, relational building time to just get to know a human being. It's been formal. It's been, you know, pretty intrusive, like you're zooming maybe in your home, which is just different for, you know, kids in school and stuff like that. And so just a lot of that, like, human factor, when we're behind screens, when we're dialoguing via messages and things like that, there's just so much we lose in tone, in intention. It sounds simple, but it it really is true. So that's, I think, a huge challenge. And 
one of the things that I've seen in entering in more, you know, through college athletics and having more social media, I wasn't a big social media person, but maintaining more of that is also seeing kind of like the mob mentality come out, Mm -hmm. which if you study like social psychology, you can really get in the weeds on that. But the idea of being able to type something or say something that you would never actually say to a human being to their face or message and you can click on really any post of any note and you could go in those comments and it it can take you to a very dark place if you're not careful of just all the different you know opinions thrown out there willingly so that ability to just throw anything out there it's not journalism that's just opinions you know so being an informed consumer of some of that content is really important. And if you're not, you know, I feel it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm enraged by something. You know, I just read this. How can this person think this way? Or, you know, how can this be out there? And, you know, I'm not engaging with that human being. I'm having a snapshot of them. And, you know, people are getting snapshots of me that are not the full me either. So I really have to take myself on that journey at points. But it's it's hard. And I recognize for this generation who's only lived in this type of space, some of the primary relationships are virtually based, communication based via technology. And it's it's really hard to get beyond that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think your whole concept of you're seeing a snapshot of that person is really yeah. interesting, just a reminder to have and also to acknowledge even when you're applying for jobs now, like you're asked to list like your social media handle, your LinkedIn profile, all of these things. And employers are looking at snapshots of you. Yes. And what's really interesting to me is you can meet someone and know a lot about them and snapshots about them before you actually really get to know them. Absolutely. And I do think it causes a lot of, you know, maybe preconceived ideas or biases and just like, oh, I already know how they think about that rather than the hard work of, hey, I really want to understand you and understand why you're kind of coming at it from this way. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what are some practical tips or strategies that we can use when we feel ourselves just being inundated by social media, current events, and these snapshots and opinions that we're seeing by everyone to really take a step back and prioritize our own mental health Mm-hmm. And just get to know, like, what is it that we feel and how do we feel called to respond? Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. It's obviously, you know, a daily thing in our world. I think the biggest thing, and it's a big part of, you know, shifting into my business now, is a passion I've had for encouraging people to just be on a journey with yourself of what you're passionate about. You know, what are you created for this earth, you know, to do, to step into that I'll share for me, I know has been impacting people and serving people. And when I was younger, I thought, Oh, that might bring me like across the world to, you know, being in some third world country and doing, you know, humanitarian stuff. And guess what? It led me to being a college coach, which seems a lot less impactful in some ways. It seems a little more vain, you know, and self-serving in some ways. But what I realized is through sport, you know, that has been a medium for me to impact people's lives. And now I'm carrying that into kind of a new space, you know, with 
knowing growth is so important to me and helping people unlock excellence. And so, you know, there's an ability for me to do that in a new way, kind of in my business beyond sport, literally beyond sport. But that's been a journey for me, you guys, of years and years. And none of my pathway was wrong on that journey. It's just different things at different points have been on my heart. And I think that's the case for everybody. You know, you may feel at some point, yeah, like the Ukraine right now is hugely on your heart. It's not wrong that it was never on your heart before because it didn't come across your path or whatever, or for someone else who that's, you know, they've had a story where that's more intertwined. Maybe it's hugely on theirs and, and you're feeling called to, you know, the city of Chicago where you live right now. There's all sorts of spaces and things that were created with, you know, a skill set and a desire that we can help. If you're a teacher, you're doing that in a classroom every day. That may take all your energy and you may not have a lot more for, mm-hmm. for some of these other things. And that doesn't mean that you're doing less than. Again, it's that comparison piece. Like we can have compassion for things going on that are larger than us without having to carry the burden for all the action of those causes, Mm. social justice, you know, equity, all of those things, inclusion, those are huge things. And we can encompass those in small ways in our life on the daily, you know, and we don't always know the way people are doing that. It might be giving money to something we're not aware of, Uh you know, that we're, we can't see that they're not posting that. They may be having meaningful conversations and listening. Wow, that's huge. You know, not everything is a post-worthy thing, and that's okay. I think that pressure to receive credit or to carry that mantle and everything we're doing for some of the young people I know is just really tough. And, you know, it's okay to move without some of that stuff being you know, put out there for people and it's okay for your passions and interests to shift. It's okay for that to look different for different people. Yeah. I really love what you said about our paths are all different. And I know for me, some of the things I care about and am passionate today, five years ago, I'd have been like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's so valuable just to acknowledge that people do change and grow and our interests change and grow And we shouldn't feel guilty when something does change for us. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, we are all called to different passions and interests. And that's part of what makes it fun to interact with each other is to know, oh, you know, so-and-so loves animal welfare. So-and-so is really passionate about this. And so it's really cool to see those journeys and where they take us. And to also realize, you know, things that you were passionate about growing up or in high school, maybe are not the same things you're going to be passionate about in college. And that's okay. And it's okay to not do everything Mm -hmm. all the time. That's like the best way to get burnt out. Right, right. And I think too, we're living in a really interesting time. It's not unique. There's been other junctures in history. If you look back on history where we societally have become acutely aware of issues that we need to focus on and address. And we've come across really important exposure to racial inequity, you know, social inequity. 
things all around the world that are, you know, our issues here in the U.S. are very different than, you know, the walks of lives elsewhere. The life, you know, as a woman, I'm in like the 1% of the top 1% of the world, you know, in some of the rights I have compared to around the world. And in conversations, when I have a posture of, wow, I can learn from the passion this person has, that might ignite something in me that I want to serve in a new way or I want to get involved in a new way. It doesn't mean I have to necessarily feel guilty that I didn't know that before or that I've maybe failed in stepping up to that challenge before. It allows me the opportunity to say, wow, like I've learned I have more to learn and, you know, thank you to someone for this story and this ability for me to have greater awareness and understanding and to be able to step into something in a new way and have greater empathy and be a part of changing something. But I don't have to sit in the guilt of like, wow, I completely missed the boat. And now I'm just behind the eight ball and I need to make up for something here. And I think on the flip side of it, with anything we're passionate about, we have to understand that for people too. People are on a journey with their background and with their life of what they've been exposed to and what they understand. There is ignorance we all have, <laughs> and that is an unfortunate part of life too. And when people choose ignorance, that's a hard, but that's a life lesson of how we respond to that. But, you know, there's a level of grace of understanding, you know, there's a growth process for people in fully understanding issues Mm -hmm. that are occurring real time. Yeah. And I think that can be really hard when you have people in your life who are maybe viewing events that are happening around us completely differently. Yeah. And most likely a part of that is they're getting their information from completely different sources. Mm -hmm. And we do leave inside these kind of echo chambers on social media So I'm curious, how can we have open conversations with those people without losing our cool? And when do you know it's time to maybe set a boundary? Maybe you stop talking to that person about that topic. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you cut that person out of your life unless like that is truly what is the best choice for your health. But, you know, I think it can be really easy to get fired up and both sides of any argument just come at each other without any sort of productive productive. pathway forward. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, that's kind of the sad potential outcome of where we're at is that, that frustration, that stalemate and the villainizing of, of people we can't see eye to eye with. It's, a very difficult challenge. I mean, to say any of us have perfectly walked that is, is just not realistic. But I think we learn. I think one of the biggest challenges is to not completely withdraw from conversation and stay in our echo chamber. Like, for those of you guys who, you know, this is also just a passion of mine, like being informed consumers of, of social media and what we're taking in there's algorithms and there are things that are feeding you information based off of a lot of factors, but it's most likely tailored to you. So you're not in the same way as before getting differing viewpoints, unless you're like following people who are totally different than you and have completely different opinions on stuff, which 
the challenge is you feel that outrage. Like you feel that, whoa, this is like just so off base. So it's an, that's a really interesting battle there. But in personal conversations, you know, I think it's the ability to focus on, okay, what can I control here? Number one, here's numero uno of psychology and life. We cannot control anyone outside of ourselves. It's the hardest thing in life to learn. I see that so much. It's a huge part of athletics. Like you're on a team, you can't control the performance of your team or anyone else stepping up to a challenge, you know, and as a coach, you can't make your players perform per se. You can empower them, but you learn, okay, what can I control here? It's myself. It's my response to things. It's my emotions. And it's where I go from here. So the idea of changing someone's opinion, I don't think we should go into any conversation with that thought process. I think we can come in with a learning posture and an idea of humility of like, okay, there's potentially something I can take away from this. If this is just combative and just toxic, like there's just a toxic back and forth that's coming out of myself and potentially, you know, coming out of the other person here. Yeah, it's probably not something to continue engaging upon. There's always, I think, space to just take a time out and just say, hey, you know, this isn't really going forward. I respect you. I want to continue respecting you. But as far as productively moving forward on on this topic, like we may just not see eye to eye on this. I think what I always come back to and... I haven't been perfect in this at all in my life, but coming back to in those relationships, like what is this saying about myself and again, my judgment and my value of that person beyond just being right or, mm-hmm. you know, controlling their behavior or their thought or their, you know, their pathway. And the reality is that's not my job. And it's the hardest part of <laughs> my actual personal job. Because my passion is to help people grow and to want to be excellent. And there's just people who, you know, they may not have that same passion for that. And if I put that on them, I'm really actually just, you know, forcing something that it's not going to be growth producing at all. It's Mm going to end up in resentment. So I've learned the hard way sometimes in that, like sometimes the best thing is stepping back. You know, and reflecting, what is this telling me about myself? Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a really important piece of the learning posture you're talking about is any conversation you go into with someone who maybe does see completely differently than you and gets their sources from completely different places is being able to step back and say, okay, what am I learning about myself in this experience? Mm -hmm. Even if I'm not seeing eye to eye with them, or I feel like I just... Sometimes I have conversations and I will use my parents as an example. We have different beliefs, different political ideologies, right? Right. And I think a lot of students probably have this with their parents too, of just like we see completely differently. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I've gotten into those conversations with my parents, it's really hard to take that step back and just be like, okay, what am I learning about myself and how I respond to them? And then also being able to like you said, take a step back and say, we don't have the space for this right now. And so let's not talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. 
because I, you know, you're still my mom and dad. I still love you. Yes. <laughs> All of those things. Well, and that's the amazing piece to highlight is like, how do we still love and care for someone who, you know, we know we obviously differ. It's easier with someone like that with our family. It's hard. I think we dehumanize people. We don't sometimes have that deeper connection with that's not helping any problem. Uh-huh. You know, no matter how passionate we are about something, that's actually doing the opposite of helping. Now, it's way easier said than done on a podcast, you know, than walking in life and, and walking that out. But we all are on a journey with it and we've just got to take it day by day. I think of, you know, one thing I try to come back to is if someone interacted with me, I hope they would take the good and leave some of the bad. <laughs> like, you know, I think of that. I've heard that with parenting. I'm not a parent, but, you know, take the good from, you know, each parent, each set of parents, bring that into your parenting, what you want to put into your child and leave some of that because there's going to be some of that. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. No one has a full deck of cards. Everyone has things they've dealt with in life. And most people I'd like to assume are trying to do their best, but we're all going to fall short in it. And we're going to cause some hurt on that road. But some of the most powerful things are the ability to move forward through that, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And really a lot more of, I think, what we need. Yeah. So, and that's stuff we can do on a small relational scale that does change larger systems. Absolutely. I mean, I can think of conversations I've had with my parents where I was like, oh, they're not listening at all. 100%. And then, you know, a month later, so my mom will casually just say something like, that really got me thinking. And I appreciate that you said that. And it's like, wow, I had no idea you were listening, but I'm appreciative that I now know that, hey, you heard me. Right. And it did kind of shift the way that you were seeing that. Yeah. Or I think of all the things they told me over the years or like coaches too. I'm like, you know, I hated when this person told me this when I was 15 or I was 22 or I was 30. <laughs> but yeah, with some space and some time, hmm, there was truth to that. If it was hard to hear, there was probably some truth to that. That was convicting and hard. So if I villainize the person, it doesn't really allow me to have the space to potentially receive that down the road. So it really goes both ways. We would want someone to give us that grace and that patience in our point of need or us missing the boat. So I think it's important to try to do the same. I'm curious if you have any strategies specifically for college students who wherever you are on campus in your own kind of echo chamber. I know something that I've used is an Instagram account called All Sides Now, where they share different articles from different, you know, they rate what bias this media outlet has, whether it's left, right, center. And they'll share an article from each and they compare the headlines and kind of break down, you know, this is what you can take away from it. And a lot of times I'm honestly pleasantly surprised with there are common themes in everything. Very interesting. But I wasn't sure if there were other strategies that college students and just informed people can know, use for when we feel like we're seeing the same thing over and over again. And it's like, I wonder what the other side is saying. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this might be like a broken record, but I would just say human interaction is the most powerful catalyst for change in our lives. 
we can consume content and that's all well and good. It gives us a lot of information to internalize and to sift through. But I would say the most growth I've had in my life is real time mm-hmm. in conversations, in communities, in being plugged in with people. It's harder and harder now. And like I said, we're in this space where we've come off a huge point of not having that. So in some ways we have, we've lost the skill set of doing that a little bit. Like it's, you know, some of the things that used to just be easy for us to engage in are just a little more nerve wracking. I think I see that in being back in the high school space now, like there's a level of nervousness relationally to just be who we are and have conversations and be okay with like, it doesn't always get to a point of being on the exact same page. I think that's, that's a hard point right now of just understanding that and being okay with that and sitting in it. And like we said, sometimes taking a break and being like, okay, there's a lot for me to kind of like think about here. I think too, what she said is awesome. Getting as many viewpoints as you can online. I think sometimes it's just limiting our Mm -hmm. consumption. Like, thank you to one of my friends, guys, I'm not great with technology. So the irony is I'm on a podcast right now, but I just found out about app limits. Some of you are going to be laughing at that, but yeah, I put app limits on that social media stuff. And while yes, I extend it probably a bunch of times a day, the reality is it, it at least puts a conscious level of like, wow, how much have I consumed? And like, how much of this is productive or just wasteful at this point? Like, how much more is there to take in on a subject? Like, it's not going to get resolved today or taking in that much more may not really get me further along in productively understanding something or moving forward. So sometimes it is just turning that off, taking Mm -hmm. space so we can actually synthesize like, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? And not all the noise of other people's opinions or takes on it. I am a sports person. I stopped watching ESPN. Like I just couldn't take every single person's performance being critiqued every day. Mm. It just, it's gotten to the point. It's bothered me. Like we know LeBron James is LeBron James. Do we have to compare him every single day to being better or worse than XYZ player? Like to an extent, it's just unfair Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And it creates this comparative pressure at any point, every single night, every single day. And so some of that for me, I'm just like, it just, I could think about this stuff, but I want to focus on some other things. Well, and to an extent, it starts to get in your own head. Oh my gosh, you know, these people are hyper analyzing and critiquing this person's performance or this person's view, whatever it is. It gets to a point where you're like, should I be doing that for myself? Is that how I need to be? And are people doing that about everything I'm doing? Yes. So I'll be honest, as a college coach, you know, you're trying to go out there and win games, right? And build programs and have success. And so that's something that I thought about. And I haven't been on the athlete side of this or, you know, the body image side of this as much for young women growing up. 
but you're seeing people's snapshot of the best part of their life out there. So for me as a coach, it's like, oh, all these programs are winning. Well, guess what? Of course they're posting the times they're winning. They're not posting, hey, we just lost (laughs) six to nothing, you know? So you're seeing the smile, you're seeing the celebration, you're seeing the, you know, all the good stuff as a college, you know, female, you're seeing the best pictures of everyone's life. You're not seeing all of us in our sweats and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're seeing the highlights. Yes. We're seeing some of the worst things highlighted by, you know, media and the villainizing. And then we're seeing the best snapshots of peers and human beings lives. And so there's a happy medium in there that we just have to tell ourselves, okay, it's not all good and it's not all bad. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, most of life is lived in that middle ground, that middle space. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when you're in community, when you're, you know, you have that group of people and support in your life, you see that more Mm -hmm. because you're hanging out in your sweatpants and you're like, yeah, it isn't all, you know, the highs on Instagram or whatnot. Exactly. If you could tell every college student and recent grads one piece of advice, what would that be? Hmm. I think one of the biggest things would be that idea of compassion and grace. You know, we want, it's so good to be passionate about things. That is something we don't have to dial back. However, when that moves into a space of attack mode, There's a productive way. I have to be careful with this in my life because I'm so, you know, I get so passionate about things, but there's a way to build without, you know, tearing down. There's a way to converse without, you know, trying to manipulate people into an opinion. There's that feeling of potentially falling short and never doing enough. Guess what? Sometimes just being kind in a day that might make someone's day. So it's that self-compassion for, you know, in this space of college age women, high school age that I've been in, I think so often I hear people say things to other people, you know, in kindness, they would also not say to themselves. Like they would challenge something that someone else, you know, is hard on themselves for that they care about. They care about that person. They're going to say, Hey, you know, that's not accurate about you, but what is our internal dialogue for ourselves? It can be really critical. And the reality is that that self-critical, you know, piece will come out on other people too, if we're not careful about that. So it's all intertwined. It's obviously a huge challenge and we're not going to get it perfect. And you know, that's where we just also need other people's grace to say, okay, yeah, like maybe I'm crossing paths with you at a low point and, you know, there's more to the story here. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a story and we're intersecting at some point of that on mm-hmm. our journey. I love the self-compassion piece to that. I think, I mean, this is something I share with college students when I talk to them of, and what I try to remind myself whenever you know, within charge leadership, we send out a lot of surveys and get feedback. And sometimes it's really hard to hear. And there is always truth within it where it's like, yes, I can do better. But then I also try and remind myself of 
hey, sometimes when people are super critical to you, like that means they're probably even more critical Mm. to themselves. Mm -hmm. And good to remember that everyone is on that journey. Right. And also preaching self-compassion is a great way to remind yourself, like, I'm being really hard on myself right now. And that Mm -hmm. probably is making me harder on those around me, Mm -hmm. even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And I think some of that comes from a place of seeking perfection. And that's just, guess what? There's no human who's perfect. You know, there's no walk of life that's perfect. We all have, you know, low points, low moments. That's a part of what this social media world makes it hard to accept about ourselves because we're not seeing that for other people all the time unless we're in close community. So that's the reality. You know? yeah. And there's seasons of life that are harder. There's prolonged seasons of life that are harder. Maybe we're in that with a person. You know what? That may come back around. So that's something you learn with more time and space in life and getting older. <laughs> it's a beauty of getting older. Getting old is not necessarily a bad thing. It teaches you so much about those seasons of life. I look back and think, man, you know, I was really hard on some people, you know, especially in the college years where you just don't have that ability to see, okay, there's going to be more time and space in this relationship Mm. and there's more growth, you know, for that person and for myself too. So thank you so much for sharing everything. Our last question for you is what does it mean to be in charge to you? Yeah, I think it's that reflection of, okay, what is something telling me about myself here? We have the ability to know ourselves, to know what our passions are, our giftings are. That's a journey. And when you own that and you step into it, you can really have an amazing impact in this world. And that's going to look different. That's going to look different for every person. And I think to be able to be on that journey of, empowering and encouraging people on their road too is really, really cool. And that allows us to all play our role in how we can, you know, make the world a better place and make our relationships and ourselves better, which Mm. is a really fun process when you focus on that rather than, gosh, there's so many things to solve. Yes. I love that. Well, please share with us and how someone listening would be able to find you on, you know, Instagram, email, et cetera, and get in contact with you. Yes, absolutely. So I do one-on-one coaching relationships and a lot of mental health psychoeducation and kind of training within the sport realm and helping people transition beyond that. And that's really fun. It's a special niche. And so you can reach out to me on Instagram. That's beyond sport coaching. It's also a possibility via email beyond sport coaching at gmail.com. Got a website coming. So that's in the works under construction. And yeah, those are the main ways. Twitter too, a little bit of a different handle, but Instagram is a great way. So thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And everyone listening, we'll have all of those in the show notes and thanks for tuning in. Charge girls, good morning. Yes, I'm talking to you. It's time to get charged up, cause this day is anew. The sky says hi, and it's bluer than blue. The sun is shining, and all the birds are chirping too. Today is the best day to be alive. The miracles appear once you open up your eyes. Surprise, time to keep living your dreams. So get up and join the rest of your charge team.